All right, so we'll come back after a little break, and I have to announce that next week we have break again because it's feast. Like, yeah, beheading of St. John the Baptist. Next week? Mm-hmm. Next week, Monday. Yeah, so, well, I'm sorry, but then it will be more stable. I love the fact that we celebrate that. You. you can't use plates. You can't use plates. Nothing round. Yeah. I'm serious. It's All right. So at first, I would like to encourage you uh, who didn't have a chance to listen presentation you can add. Yesterday, so it is on our podcast. It's worthy to listen because he um, told us our experience from uh, his pilgrimage to Romania. And actually, it was not only presentation. I think that it is like plan for renewal of church, renewal of parishes, renewal of hierarchy. It's I think that it's something what works and it is worthy to listen. So if you go on on our podcast, you can uh, you can listen the talk, and please spread it to those who are interested. So we will continue with text thirty-four. Okay. Yeah, please. Mm-hmm. We have been instructed to keep vigil with prayers, readings, and the recitation of the Psalter at all times, and especially at feasts. A monk who keeps vigil refines his mind for contemplation, whereas much sleep courses the intellect. But take care that during vigils you do not pass the time in empty gossip or evil thoughts. It is better to be asleep than to keep vigil with vain words and thoughts. (coughs) This is something what is strange for us. I think that this idea of vigils, <clears throat> it was quite forgotten uh, practice. Uh, what is vigil? Vigil is when we give up part of our night, of our sleep, and, uh, and because of prayer. So, if we, if we read this life of saints, uh, these holy fathers, and not only, it's something what they keep up to now, that uh, the vigil starts for them with sunset. And it lasts when a whole night until when the sun rises, it's the end of vigil. Then I the Syrian, he explains how to do this. So usually they stand all time and uh, they are praying psalms or Jesus' prayer or if uh, they are bothered with some kind of distraction uh, thoughts, so they are doing for a little bit spiritual reading and they return back to psalms. 
this is something what what even now you can find uh, on Manatos and other monasteries which keep this hasichastic tradition then vigil is something what is part of their rule for sure they have the rest during their little bit and they continue but this is the essential part this is like really <coughs> long hours of prayers <coughs> now we cannot we cannot do this uh, um, in our life it's impossible but what is possible is to really take some part of this evening rest and to to dedicate to the vigil um, and, and we are doing that like on Saturdays it is this time from 8 approximately to even 30 midnight you know when church is open and many uh, of you are coming to uh, to spend time in prayer and uh, this is something what is doable like in our times and Saturday is good because Sunday is not working day uh, you come to church and you can rest whole day so it is easy to sacrifice this time but even if, if you don't come to the church, you can do it home. But you have to create these special conditions for, for this prayer. It should be, I would say, darkness with light of candle. Something, because darkness is a lack of light, helps you to concentrate more. Uh, you have to create good environment for for that to for that uh, vigil, and uh, some people they do it. I don't know. Uh, many people they have this thing that they are waking up around two, three, or two or three o'clock morning. They're up almost fresh, and. Uh, it's difficult to go to back to sleep. Well, this is the great time for vigil. You know, to say, okay, I will, I am up, so I will say, for example, one katisma, okay, or one at time Jesus prayer, and, and to use this time, and then to go to sleep. It's, uh, he, uh, recommends this that for monks to do these vigils and to do it correctly without uh, bad thinking, you know, because b without thoughts, bad thoughts. And he said it's better to to sleep than to do uh, vigil uh, with distracted mind. But I don't want to spend really a lot of time explaining that because I think it is 70 how many 75 Syrians how many 75 I think he dedicates whole homily to vigil and uh, and he talks about vigil even before many times and it's amazing 
how much fruit, spiritual fruit, is coming from this vigil. You know, and uh, it's demanding. You know that uh, one priest told me that when he was reading Isaac Syrian and he came to one, because in the beginning it was just one sentence, you know, and about vigil. I don't remember what the text. He said one vigil, uh, one sentence, and he said this sentence about importance of vigil touched me so much that I couldn't continue reading. I because I felt that I have to try that. I have to do this. Why well, I said, I had no courage. I had no courage to do vigil. And so finally, he said, after several days, because it was like always in mind, so he started to do vigils. And uh, not whole night, he just dedicated some part of, some time for that. Then he continued and he said, well, I started to understand what he is trying to tell us through this. And um, this was something was was some kind of natural. If you, uh, like in previous like generations, you know, like people went to sleep when it was dark outside, when there, if there was no electricity. So usually they had like, well, I read in one article that they had like two sleeps. First one from from uh, eight, approximately, or eight thirty to midnight. Usually at midnight they were up fresh already, and this is why we have this midnight service. Um, uh, and uh, what you can pray. So I was thinking, okay, they pray at the midnight service. This prayer. But they didn't have light. How could they? Well, probably this was not explained to me. But well, this was like natural time for prayer. It was prayer time during night. And they went to sleep again. So this, this, uh, if, if what the saints are talking about rituals and to people, uh, so it was close to understanding all this all, all people because they knew about this night but you couldn't like turn on light and to watch TV or read something while well, they even they didn't have books at the time but it was natural that it turned to prayer and uh, I think that uh, so they were very familiar monks only extended this vigil to whole night. So it's something normal. And we, for us, it's a little bit strange thing. Um, but I, my suggestion would be that with these vigils, uh, even I am not talking now about all this fruit which comes from vigils, I think that it would be great if we are able to start to put these vigils to our life. I mean, many, we have how, how many people who pray south here every day for our church, for protection of our families here and for protection of members. Of, uh, so, so did you use this south here because it's recommended? And maybe to start with that, that okay, I will choose like two days per week 
when I know that next day I I will I will I well if I'm not rested well so it would not afflict me so like it's good Friday evening is good Saturday evening is good you know like for that and and to put uh, to say katisma or two it means not even one hour you know to cut off from sleep and to, and do it for a while year two and uh, then you will experience this fruit which is coming from that and naturally you will start to expand this more and more and uh, it's always uh, violence to our will to our nature to our body but uh, this sweetness or this experience which we cannot share we can I can use words to explain it but it's useless because uh, nobody can share this experience and uh, you have to experience inside that what is going on there and but I guarantee you that uh, uh, once you taste this so you will be longing to prolong this ritual make it longer and more often but it's good to start with okay one day per week one day per week to really to try that Craig? A story that I learned a little bit about what you just talked about. It was a friend of mine, John, and uh, he was the youngest of nine kids. His mother and father were very upset that all nine kids left the faith. So they didn't have one single kid practicing the faith, and they're spread out all over the United States, too, in Europe. And um, the mom and dad decided to go on a retreat <coughs> to this very spiritual monk. And the monk was talking to him, and said to him, you know, what do you do in the course of your week? You know, well, Tuesday night's bowling night, you know, and this night is, you know, we go out to dinner with friends, and this one we go out to dinner here, and they're naming all these different times that they get together and go to dinner. And he says, how about taking one of those nights and take it off the calendar, and you and your husband spend silent time in prayer for your family? Mm-hmm. And continue this to see if you can get, you know, intercede for your children. So they started to do it, and they did it for about six months to a year. And one of their kids that randomly came back to the faith. They didn't know it. So they said, okay, I'm going to take out Thursday night dinner with the Clarks, you know. And they started taking the <coughs> different things out. And the next thing you know, they were making a vigil five, six nights a week. And they weren't going out and, you know, indulging in all these other things. Not that you can't do that, but they didn't. Ten years, all nine kids came back to the faith. Yeah. Oh, and that was just from putting in a little extra time and cutting a few things out. So, he always talks about that. Yeah. His parents say... Yeah, it works this way. There is a really huge power there, but thank you for that. But I have to add something to this. Um, This very powerful story. But I have to add that we are doing vigil for ourselves. It, It should not be that I'm going to do vigil for somebody else. I'm going to do vigil to enter to relationship with God. And what you said, this is true. 
and uh, because I am I am entering to this relationship, things are going to be changed around me. You know that because sometimes we uh, if. This very good story, I just, I don't want to ruin it, I just want to remind that many times when we hear these stories, we are moved and we have this tendency to, okay, I will do this because of my relatives, friends, because of that, and, and we spend time in vigil thinking about others. You know, it is an, it is we are putting ourselves sometimes, it is temptation to, to put the position of Messiah. I am going to save through this my effort somebody. Uh. No, no, no. We have to, this this works as you said, but we have to be careful not to spoil it through our approach. Very good, thank you. Well, as you say, if we do it for ourselves to increase our relationship with Christ, then we, <coughs> bless you, our Christian life becomes more attractive to others, and they, it's, it's a better witness to others, and God uses that relationship that yeah. he has with us to make others say, hey, I want what that person has, and um, come back to the church that way. So yeah. by, you know, the, better, the better Christian we are, the better our relationship with Christ, then the more people are going to notice it, and Christ will use that for bringing other people back. Yeah, and, and it is something what... It, uh, it is like we are in awe and we don't understand well what we have done. It's something we see these changes. And later we will, uh, St. Theodorus will be talking about some kind of uh, nasty smell, I don't know how it's English, uh, bad smell, you know. And uh, there, is a, there is a something that like the saints had ability to smell sin as a some kind of bad smell but opposite they could smell good smell if there is holiness and uh, I think I think that well it's I don't want to tell this but it is as you said that if we are filled with Christ uh, through this we are entering to this relationship we are somehow gaining the scent of of this divinity and people can smell it or feel it and i if we don't know exactly how this dynamic is is working but this is true but i just i just uh, this is this is a big problem many times that uh, we 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 cannot allow ourselves to slip to this position that some kind of superior, so we are superior to others. And now we are doing that because usually nothing happens there. Yeah. You know, but, but if we are entering like they are doing that, look what happened. They are doing that for the souls and, and, and what Greg, Craig said, uh, this is only uh, one of many fruits which come. This is, this is, I think this is something that was visible, but I think that if they are, maybe they were touched by that, but I think that if we have them here and we would ask about their lives, they would point to many other things 
which were improved in their life. So probably they mentioned that what was the most important for them. But, uh, but I think there's, there, there are more things. So it's, it's tough because to start to do vigils is demanding. We have this, I have to admit, this Fridays, Saturdays what we have here, and I have to admit that mostly before 8 o'clock I have to fight with myself. I'm usually tired. I said, oh, one, two days, why today, you know, I'm so tired. And then you go and suddenly this tiredness disappears, you know, and actually you are refreshed by, by that. But I think that it is always this way that this tiredness is sign of evil one who wants you to stop and to whisper, you should rest. You know, instead of doing that, and we have to defeat this. Our, our whole family, when we were on vacation, we were like, uh, it's bad enough not going to liturgy during the week over here, but man, we were missing our Saturday night and our Sundays. I mean, it was, we really wanted to get back, and that, that's never really happened to us on vacation. May I continue? Some questions? Sometimes he would have a whole day open till like 10 o'clock and you could just stay and pray and it, it was it was really awesome yeah. and sometimes he had relics come he had a relic from Saint Charbel come and many people came and throughout the whole day people prayed the rosary in groups and then you know there'd be silence and then would do it again, and I thought it was a tremendous experience. So I know personally when I when I go to, if I'm inside a church, I do much better with that than if I have to pray. I don't mean have to or choose to pray at home. I get distracted. I I I get distracted with well, I didn't do the bills or you know I this wasn't done. But when I'm in a church. I'm just focused on yeah. praying, and that's where I find it's better for me. I don't know if that's true for other people, but for me it is. And when you can go almost a full day until night, it's, it's tremendous. Yeah. Well, sure, to go to a church and to, to do it in church is a big blessing, but... You can't tell it. But, well... If your home is making destruction to you, so you have to change your environment home. So what do you do? Do you just make a room where there isn't yeah, things? Yeah, sure. You, you should have like a prayer corner. Yeah. You know, like a part of a room dedicated to, to um, um, prayer. And it should be dedicated, you do it with that, and you have the icons there, candle there, all scripture books, you know, and uh, this, uh, this space is sacred for you. 
So you know when we I am entering to this space, so I'm entering to my home church. You know, and uh, and this is very important because our houses, the Christian houses, should be uh, arranged this way. May everything points us to God. You know, if this is not done, so something is wrong with us. You know that uh, yeah, uh, everything what is in uh, how we arrange, way how we live, as a Christian should support us in our uh, Christian life. This environment we cannot change things in the world, but we can change our houses. You know, so it should be uh, this with this mind. I have to rearrange things. And I have to always, what is in my power, ability, I have to rearrange in this way, may it serve as a reminder for me to God, to be like, um, to, to lead me towards God, to deepen spiritual life. So, I don't want to be like now that I am like, uh, saying like opposite things or, or something you know but it was good good uh, uh, opportunity to say this you know but for sure if you can go to church the best the best thing I know if people can't always have them open I know yeah. I was blessed when I got to do that so many times All right. because a prayer does work and it, it, it sometimes amazing things happen when you are just getting closer to God, it's not always a special, you know, as you say, for special thing. Yeah. All right, let's go 35. Oh, all right. in God's presence. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord pours his blessings abundantly on his loved ones while they sleep. Yes. <laughs> All right, so text number 35. He who keeps a serpent in his breast and he who keeps an evil thought in his heart will both be killed. The one being bitten in the body by venomous fangs and the other by injecting a lethal poison into his soul. Let us then speedily slay the offspring of vipers, and let us not bring forth evil thoughts from our heart, lest we suffer bitter pangs. I like how they make these images, you know, they are good in this. But to, he offers us this image of poison snake on our chest. Is the same as is same situation as if we keep like bad thoughts in our heart. Yeah. That sooner or later we will be 
killed by the poison. And uh, Holy Fathers, if and we read Briancian, you know, and you read a lot of these books, and Holy Fathers, it's amazing how they remind us again how important it is to discern our thoughts, to judge our thoughts, and to and to really leave those who are bad. So, and and it is easy to do this. More we are. Um, reading Gospels, Holy Scripture, and when we are studying Holy Fathers, this teacher of spiritual life. So through this, our conscience becomes like more sharper, and we are able to almost immediately recognize bad thought. It is really almost like, really like this movement of the snake, that we can recognize that well, there's a danger when we see this body close to us, uh, body of snake. So the same thing we, as we, and we, we like jump away, and uh, so in the same way we should like jump away from the thought immediately, to be to be scared of the thought, and more we are. Uh, um, more we are uh, entering to this, uh, when more we are cleansing our mind and, and, and heart, more we are uh, soaked with this wisdom of gospel and holy teaching of holy fathers, so more uh, f- will be faster to make this, this jump. But uh, many times we, we admit that we have difficulty to do this, and difficulty to fight with our thoughts, and for sure it is it is very tough battle. It is a struggle, and it takes time to gain some kind of ability to really control thoughts, and it requires a lot of prayer and uh, really pious life. But what we can do and how we can help ourselves is that uh, we can use these advices uh, of this teacher of spiritual life which can help us to 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 eliminate majority of bad thoughts and uh, if you are here during when we are reading Briancha, you know so we we know that he dedicated a lot of time to uh, to introducing some of these activities. Uh, for example, one of them is uh, intention to simplify life. So it means that if I try to live simpler life, so then I will become free of many desires, thoughts, and with them, with these bad thoughts which are coming to to me. Another thing is that uh, it is detachment from the world. When I am choosing what is not necessary for me, when I am removing activities which are not necessary for me, and has no and they have no connection with uh, 
with uh, my spiritual life and I remove them, with them I remove source of many bad thoughts. Then even uh, we were talking about to arrange house. Yes, I, I have to rearrange my environment in that way may there are not things which which uh, are source of these impulses for a mind to 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 lead my mind to wrong ways. For example, good good thing is to start with your library. One thing would be good is to go through your library and to put away to donate to your enemies bad books. <laughs> you know, worldly books or magazines or whatever, you know, and to keep in your house things which can help you to grow. And uh, in the same way with mass media, you know, that to create this, this way that, well, that you can choose that you are not like passive consumer of mass media, but you are choosing what you are taking from them. All this is quite difficult, uh, but well, we should do this. Then it is structural spiritual life. When we have a good structure, good discipline of prayer, of fasting, of reading, spiritual reading, and uh, other this, this what, what creates this skeleton, of spiritual life, if this is in, in order, so through this I am eliminating a lot of bad thoughts, these sources. So I can I can do a lot of uh, uh, in the beginning, which can eliminate these thoughts. And uh, well, everything what I said now this. So if you remember that there are like. Uh, it is almost like the titles of chapters we went through. There are many pages, you know, and and Dantian went to, uh, to details how to do this. But it is like a reminder. So it's uh, many times, you know, I saw this. Uh, what is this meme? Like picture. Mm -hmm. There was like flood outside. A man was standing in his front yard. There was like fence there, and he was taking like back then, putting water over fence. You, well, it's it's funny because everybody knew that. Well, it's nonsense. You cannot take water out from your front yard just to putting pouring it over like fence. The same thing is that if you let flood to reach us, reach to flood our soul with all these impulses. So yes, sure, it is very difficult to fight with thoughts, to control them. So we have to start with this uh, uh, rearranging our, our environment, where we live, how we live, and uh, immediately we will feel like relief. Then, still, there will be struggle. We will need to fight, but but it will be easier. It will be easier. Samuel?
It's interesting. The metaphor of a flood is good. I think when we allow bad thoughts, usually we think we're letting in like a glass of, of liquid into our heart. But the deal we're making is a flood. And so we think that we're getting rid of something that's not harmful or we're making a big unnecessary step to uh, keep a bad thought out or keep bad thoughts out by our habits. But it's because we don't recognize that we're letting in a, we keep letting in a flood. We just don't recognize it. We keep thinking that we're, does that, does that sound right? We're, we, yeah. keep, mm -hmm. we keep thinking we're just accepting a, something we can handle. Yeah. And Helen ag agrees. <laughs> She's listening. Very intently. Yeah. Oh. She approved your sharing. I think um, when it comes to the bad thoughts, I think the devil also kind of counts on us to just take the obvious ones. Like the sins we all know we ourselves struggle with. He counts on you to take those thoughts and focus on them and kind of slips in ones that you don't think of as bad, but are useless. Like ones that just take up space. They might not be harmful liquid, but they're just liquid. Like they're just taking up space that could be filled with yeah. good okay. stuff. But, well, usually they become harm, they bring harm after a while. You know, because if you allow this, so uh, you are creating some kind of, in your soul, this space, and, and, and it will grow in you. You know, that it's, oh, how to explain that? Help, please. Well, there's always this, oh, that's, that's an innocent thought, but it's not. Because the devil always plays, in my opinion, on, it was a great uh, word from uh, Elder Ephraim of Arizona, predisposition. So things we've done before, it seemed pleasing at the time. And once you entertain it, you entertain a little bit more, and it grasps a hold of you. And next thing you know, well, I haven't done that in a while. I'll do it one more time. You know, it's kind of like celebrating being holy with doing a sin again. The average Gatinos, that was a really good opening in that about the monk who said, Come celebrate with you. You've done so good. You try it one more time. You, you can treat yourself. It's those little things that just weaken us. Uh, I think it's um, Elder Paisios of Monathos where he says, You know, you let one little demon in, next thing three more come in. One little crack. And that's why the Holy Fathers talk so much about vigilance and not allowing your dwelling on thoughts. This is Father Mirren. Was you, you talked a lot about confession and thoughts. Yeah. And th this, then we did in the narrow gate, we talked a lot about it. Do not entertain the thought. It's, it's a weakness. It's a cut it off. But there's this predisposition. If, there, if we've had habits, it's hard to break the habit. Yeah. There's a all of a sudden you're doing really well and there's a reminder of something you did and then it almost seems like a pleasant thought because it was pleasant at the time and you get sucked back in. And when you're the weakest, that's when the demons try to exploit it. Does that help, Father? Yes, it did. But you are, you are right that yeah. you pointed to this area which... Uh, 
we all experience that we look to inside our heart and we don't see anything wrong. That is that it's just some kind of wasting. It's not, this is like soil uh, which is ready to give growth to uh, different passions. It's, you know, so it's like, it's still, it is nothing there, but it is already. And, and uh, sooner or later, something will start to grow from this. So uh, we have to be careful, be careful with that too, and to judge it, judge it, yes, in this way that it, is, it has potential. Would you say too, Father, that part of that is, it seems innocent, but it, because it's indulging the self, <laughs> that that's, that's the, the way that the enemy gets yeah. us trapped yes yeah. um, it's not that it's uh, it's not that it's wrong it's that it's uh, self-focused um, and we're and the, the simplicity that uh, you know uh, Theodorus is talking to us about is that constant turning of the mind to God yeah. so innocent is not really innocent if it's pleasing the self correct All right, let's go to another text. 33. A pure soul can truly be called a chosen vessel, an enclosed garden, a sealed fountain, and a throne of perceptiveness. But a soul polluted with filthy impurities stinks like a sewer. Yeah, now we have this bad smell here. I was talking about. (laughs) (laughs) This is something what we... um, Purity of heart and mind is goal we should keep in our mind. That... And we learn already in previous st- studies that the saints call us, uh, they, are, they demand us to grow and how to grow. Um, after one book study which I had for these folks from Slovakia, I got an email and a lady, she wrote me that, well, she was like, thanks for that. And she said, well, this is something what changes her understanding of spiritual life. Because she said, well, I thought spiritual life is, okay, I pray every day, my prayers. I go to church. I make confession once per month, and that's it. I was fine. I was doing everything what I could. I was satisfied. And she said, and now it is like no, uh, like new world open for me. And I I started to understand that Christ calls us to really reach very high levels of perfectness. And she said, well, now I have to, like 
Shisa. I have to change everything, almost how I understood my spiritual life. And thanks God for that, because it was really a moment of grace that she realized that maybe she was not happy and maybe she was sad that, well, she somehow wasted a lot of years of her life with this understanding that she's doing actually very good. And uh, we have to, and when we start to this journey, when we start, for example, to control the thoughts, we may start to change our environment, to st we st start to do vigils, when we start to read more scripture and holy fathers, when we have the thirst uh, to, to somehow learn how we can uh, grow in perfectness, so even if we make little steps, even we make like one little step per six months or, or, or several steps during a year, there's something what we say, well, even no change came. Look, even this meeting here today, when we are thinking about these things, it is a little step because a lot of seeds we are taking to our hearts. Maybe they, are not, they will not start to grow now or tomorrow. Maybe they will start in a few years. But they are already uh, in our hearts. Uh, St. Isaac Syrian, uh, not in his homilies, but there is another. Oh, I forgot the title of the book, but in the immediately somewhere in the beginning, he says that that even if you receive this seed, this teaching of our, of our spiritual life, it is that the result is already yours. It is in the seed, it is this whole perfectness, and you already have it, you know, but, well, it needs to grow. So even like this, this meaning, it is something that is receiving the seeds of this wisdom of saints. We are receiving that and, and well, it are staying in our heart and many times you, you gain courage, you discover courage to make this step you knew about um, after, after a year or two years. And um, it, each this step causes that your heart and mind is purified a little bit more. And when this happens, when this happens, so we start to have this experience of some kind of change. Uh, I, I just want to remind this, my story about how we were traveling from seminary first year for first vacation and we were looking forward to meet our old friends you know from high school and we would have great time and we had like this we would be hanging out you know and, and to have fun before and we all had this experience we met our friends and we all had some kind of this taste of disappointment because something was really different they changed, <laughs> we thought. But true is that we changed. And suddenly, uh, this meeting, this, 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 uh, to be together, lost this taste. 
which it had before, and it was not so good. It was a little bit bitter. It it was different, and 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 it is only like three months in seminary. This spiritual formation, seven three months, caused this change. And and yeah, I think that the same thing we are experiencing that especially when we are trying to to work on our salvation, trying to build our spiritual life, and then we meet somebody after a long, we didn't see for a long time, and while we had good time with those people, friends or relatives even, and suddenly we, we have this feeling that, well, we have nothing to talk about. You know, it's, it's something like uh, a little bit strange. Or, and and it is not that we are that we want to separate. I'm just trying to point this that in these moments we can see this progress in our soul in these meetings that in this losing of taste what we liked before, and we are gaining taste for something what is uh, more uh, is higher. And the same thing that we are able to smell, but smell, you know, that uh, uh, it is like <coughs> my grandfather. He told me about well, he was complaining when he came once and uh, about. I think it was his niece or or some kind of relative. I don't know. It was complicated. <coughs> but they lived like across the street, <coughs> and uh, so well, it was a small village and uh, with uh, own like way of life, and um, his uh, daughter of his relative, she went to. Prague for, uh, for high, um, college or university, and uh, and the the thing was that why my grandfather was complaining. Oh, she came from this big city. Now everything is dirty here and smells bad. She wants to fix everything. She became too like city girl, you know, like suddenly only a few months. Well, but it was right. You know, she adjusted to some kind of different environment. If she came home, and sure, if you have like a uh, full house, you have cows, you have rabbits, you have chicken, you have everything. So, well, it doesn't smell attractive. You know, you compare it with um, capital city. You know, <laughs> there's different smell, uh, smell there. But the same thing is when we are growing the spiritual life. Somehow we can smell uh, bad smell if we enter to environment of people who are far from this way of life. We don't. We are. We don't feel comfortable in there. I'm not. I'm not saying we are judging people there or something, but I'm just saying that we can 
encounter these feelings and we have to realize what is going on. At first, it, it is for us some kind of should be encouragement, a sign that we are growing. And the second thing is, it, it, is, it is like thing we are praying, we start to pray for. You know, we, we, it fills our heart with pity. And, uh, and uh, we see corruption of the world in some kind of intensive form. And, and uh, if you remember how Brian Chino was in the, somewhere in the end of, uh, in the end of book, he was talking about a monk, who is monk? And he used this uh, image of, I think, Jeremiah, uh, that he was saying that um, the monk is that prophet who is standing in the ruins of Jerusalem. And he sees ruins everywhere, and he's crying over himself and over the city. And this is how he described monk. A monk is then who can see corruption of the world. We can see what sin caused. And monk is then one who cries over himself and over whole world. And and so this this to smell this bad smell, it should lead us to this position in which was this prophet standing in the ruins. And because he see this destruction, he saw this destruction. It led him to cry over the <coughs> this destruction. It was not like elevating some kind that I am better, but but I am part of this fallen world, and and this is the correct position I I have to take. Final comments? You want? I, I listened, I watched a while ago, because I don't, I don't live in Ohio anymore, but um, your one homily about, I, I'm very interested in evangelization, but you, you said the church here had tried many, many things, and they didn't really do as you had hoped, but when everybody got more spiritual and had Christ more in their heart, and when you had activities, people were like, oh, I enjoyed being with your group so much. So if you are interested in evangelization, do you think, do you think as an individual also, like if, 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 it's, if you're just, you just, like, let's say, you just want to uh, invite anyone, um, would the best way to be <coughs> is to just, as you found in your church, to just get more and more closer to Christ in every way myself, and then that would just happen more automatically? Would that be your, your um, I don't know if I'd say advice, but your way of, of maybe approaching that subject? Because Jesus tells us to do that, you know, go out and, but, you know. He told it to apostles. Yes, he, yeah, he did. So how, how does the average person look at that because I would I don't want people to go to hell I all right I so so one thing is that the best comparison we talk about this many times here but it's worth it to remind look let's 
we are not going we are not supposed to invite something new I don't like this term you I was big fan of new evangelization yes okay this is from seminary I was infected and was we were trying a lot of things but as I said not almost nothing was working yeah but so but we were trying to invent uh, to inv- uh, to come with something new instead we should look back to history of church and uh, for example um, St. Macarius uh, they said is one of these first uh, monks who lived in solitude or St. Anthony the Great you know and others what they did they just left the world because they wanted to save their souls. Well, this was the, the most important thing for us is our salvation. Mm-hmm. You know, then evangelization comes after. Salvation of my soul is the priority. So they, they wanted to save their souls, so they went to solitude, to desert just to, to find a way how to live gospel. And suddenly, thousands followed them. Came to them. They, didn't, they didn't call them. They just came on their own. Yeah. Yeah. St. Benedict, the same thing. He went to, uh, to solitude. And, and uh, thousands uh, followed him. Saint uh, Joseph Hesychas, last century, well, almost he died 50 years ago. 59. 59. He went to solitude to to find solution, to learn how to pray, how to be saved, and for all his life, he started. There were like brotherhood of 15 or 17 monks who created his brotherhood, <coughs> you would say no success. But well, one of his disciples, Ephraim of Arizona, he founded like 19 monasteries in North America, and which are filled with, with monks and nuns. It's in, uh, this Joseph Hezekiah, he didn't go to wilderness, you know, to solitude, this intention to bring war to Christ. He went there to save their soul and God uh, used him as a tool. So this is why we should remove from ourselves this attitude that we can be saviors. Yeah, I, no, I can't. You know, so we are not messiahs. We are, we are supposed to take care of our salvation and then we will see miracles. And so you're saying by doing that, people will just come on their own. You won't be drawing. They them. might. They might not. Yeah. And it, so it's not. It's not self-serving just to think about my own salvation. Is what you're saying. I'm not being too self-serving to just think of. No, your priority is salvation of soul. This is the first priority. Yeah. And if we take care of this, the rest is upon God. 